Welcome to Hancock Talks, your source for insights about life insurance trends and opportunities with a focus on tactics that can help drive your sales. This podcast is for financial professional use only. It is not intended for use with the public. This material is for informational purposes only and is not intended to provide advice. The opinions and views expressed in this podcast are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of John Hancock. Please listen to the important disclosures at the end of this podcast. This episode was recorded on September 25th, 2023. Now, let's get started with our host today, AVP and Council Head of Advanced Markets, Carly Brooks. Hello, and welcome to Hancock Talks. I'm excited to be here today as Elizabeth Caswell joins us. Liz is a 25-year veteran of the financial services industry. Her experience within the sector is deep and wide having served in finance, product, marketing, and sales leadership functions within organizations including the Hartford, Travelers, Cigna, and United Healthcare. Liz currently serves as a research director, author, and speaker at Limra and Loma. In her current role, she focuses on consumer economics and behavior, digitization, and business innovation. Limra has been a fantastic partner to John Hancock and has been serving the insurance industry since 1916. Limra does so much great work helping producers spread the word around the importance of life insurance. And there are many key awareness campaigns, but probably the most well-known is Life Insurance Awareness Month, recognized each September across the industry. Thanks, Liz, for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Carly. So, Liz, let's jump right in. I'd love to talk about some of the research you've conducted around what you call the purchase funnel. And this is a way that you can highlight the stages or the path a consumer takes to ultimately purchase a life insurance policy. In that purchasing funnel, the first step in the process is to identify the need. Can you shed some light on why some households maybe aren't recognizing the need for life insurance? Sure. Similar to how consumers make other important purchases, Buyers of life insurance follow a predictable path as they shop. The first step is to recognize the need for some or more individual life insurance. More than one in four, an estimated 35 million U.S. households, recognize the need for life insurance over a 24-month period from mid-2020 to 22. People who recognize need consistently cite income replacement, wealth transfer, mortgage payoff, and final expenses as the reasons to buy life insurance, with some variations within each reason along generational lines. For example, more than six in 10 baby boomers who made an individual life insurance purchase over the two-year study period cited burial and other final expenses as the rationale versus a third of millennials. Barriers to recognizing the need for life insurance include focusing on other financial interests such as retirement savings, healthcare expenses, and savings for emergencies. The potential need for long-term care and disability is also a top five financial protection concern across our race, ethnic groups in our country today. When it comes to acknowledging need for some or more life insurance, those who do not buy say that they have other financial priorities, prefer other financial products, or they do not consider life insurance within their financial reach. One in eight believe the coverage provided by an employer meets their needs. Thanks, Liz. That's really helpful background. And you said it best. I think a lot of individuals may have these competing financial priorities, and occasionally that can lead to a barrier to purchasing life insurance or understanding the need. Some of the interesting data that's come from some of the studies that you've worked on, one piece that jumped out to me was you said over 12 million households are still in the market for life insurance. And so I think 
that while there are some competing financial priorities, this is a huge opportunity for financial professionals to be tapping into that market where there are many households that do identify that they have this need for life insurance. Can you give us some ideas on how to help identify the needs of clients and help uncover some of these opportunities? Sure. Carly, let's unpack that 12 million household number for context. During our study period, one or more members of the household were somewhere in the process of gathering information, acquiring quotes, and deciding which policy would best meet their needs. Over this same two-year period, more than 13 million households, or 10%, purchase some or more individual life insurance. As you might expect, millennials purchase more than half of those policies, 52%, sold during this time. That's followed by Gen X at 29%, Baby Boomers at 15%, and Gen Z with 4% of the life insurance purchases. Overall, consumers are most likely to say that they went to the website of a specific company or carrier and financial professionals as a method used to both apply for and to purchase individual life insurance. Across generations, millennials were far more likely to use an online aggregator and an affinity group website to purchase individual life insurance. Whether online, over the phone, or in person, capturing these bids for information throughout the shopping process and converting them to a meaningful connection with the seller is what matters. 39% of uninsured Hispanic adults who need life insurance do not have it. About one in three Black and one in four Asian adults fall into the same category. For comparison, 26% of white adults experience the same gap. All in, over 100 million U.S. adults today say they need some or more life insurance. So what can financial professionals do? Financial professionals can be an essential, perpetual, and trusted resource. Just a few suggestions for identifying the needs and creating opportunities are to learn as much as you can about your target audience and implement projects to educate on financial wellness. Take advantage of local business and educational partnerships and speaking opportunities. Create opportunities to demonstrate the alignment of your goals and the values with those of your target audience. And only ask for referrals after a client has felt the benefits of your contribution to their goals. Thanks, Liz. You know, as we talk about some of these stats, I think it's very telling because you talked about the stat that millennials purchased half of these policies. And I found that to be sort of an interesting takeaway because when you think about different age and demographic profiles that we work with and that we see, there is sometimes the situation where there may be competing financial priorities, but you're seeing clients across all different segments recognizing this need for life insurance and trying to help identify some of those needs to create opportunities. And so I love that idea of learning about your target audience, helping to take on things to educate and advise on financial wellness. So something else that jumped out to me too, just kind of on that point, is that one in five millennial households recognize the need for life insurance. And they recognize that need because they were influenced by a financial professional versus one in seven from an older generation. I found that really surprising. I think sometimes there's a misconception that Gen Z or millennials want an experience that's completely digital, very instantaneous. It's sort of that Amazon mindset of buy it today and, and that's that. But that's not always the case. And so I think that some of the information that you and I have discussed and the research shows that actually millennials do want to work with a financial professional. So can you expand a little bit on some of those demographic changes and how that's impacting the buying process and some of the things that our listeners can take away from that? Absolutely. It's almost become cliche to say that today's consumers expect to interact with carriers in ways that suit consumers' preferences. 
This is true for people of all generations now across all product categories. The largest distinctions by generation and their interactions with technology fall along two significant interrelated dimensions, competency and curiosity. You see, millennials are the first generation to reach adulthood with the internet as ubiquitous as the television set in U.S. homes. Millennials led the way for massive adoption of mobile devices and social media. Younger Gen Zs and the up-and-coming alpha generations learn technology right alongside walking. They are curious about and enjoy using new technology platforms and products. Of course, while there are early adopters of technology, those who use tech to learn and to conduct commerce across all generations, youngers are the ones that are most often engaged. Generation X and boomers, on the other hand, are predominantly using the internet for convenience and ease. As for life insurance, they are more likely to already have some life insurance than younger adults and work with a financial professional, making them potentially more confident in having a digital life insurance purchase experience compared with their children and grandchildren. For as savvy as the younger generations are with technology, they do not, by and large, understand life insurance enough to make a purchase decision. And consumers don't buy what they don't understand, at least not willingly, creating an opportunity for financial professionals at several key moments of truth with the consumer as they navigate life insurance concepts and decisions. Our younger generations seek information not just from InsureTech and social media applications, but also people who have their best interests in mind. So Liz, you just said something that I want to reiterate for our listeners because I think it's really important is that consumers typically don't buy what they don't understand. So I think that's that may be kind of common sense, but as we start to think about targeting different demographic profiles, including some of those younger generations where there is this misconception that they want the process to be fully digital, fully online, having that sort of point of contact, working with a financial professional can really help to provide that education on what it is that they're purchasing and ultimately perhaps move forward with purchasing life insurance that they need. So I I thought that was very encouraging. And it's also very telling too that these findings tell us that households working with a financial professional are more likely to recognize the need for individual life insurance and then ultimately follow through with the purchase. And so can you share some strategies our listeners could consider implementing to prospect to some of these currently underserved clients? Absolutely. Family and friends play a significant role in facilitating the discussions around the need for life insurance, as do financial professionals. In fact, while expense is a commonly cited reason for not buying individual life insurance, Contact from a financial professional when the quote is delivered cuts the rejection rate due to expense from 40 to just 8%. When asked how well they understand life insurance, 43% of Asian consumers and 36% of Black and Hispanic consumers, compared to approximately a third of white consumers, said they understand what life insurance is, but they need more information to make decisions about what to purchase. In terms of strategies, financial professionals can pursue consumer understanding with a concentrated effort in financial literacy. This is not only important at the point of sale, but before, throughout, and after the sale. And we can't say enough about trust as a critical underpinning to creating the relationships needed for today's underserved consumers to be receptive to and to act on financial information. Build relationships first by talking about financial literacy on a spectrum, just as it exists in the world today. Talking about the many benefits of life insurance lands better with consumers who have implemented basic budgeting, emergency savings, and credit debt management practices. That is, the real issues they face today. Listen well and meet them wherever they are in their financial wellness practice. 
Find ways to be of service to them personally and or in their community. Ethics, authenticity, and a willingness to take the long view to develop and maintain a solid book of business are all essential. There really is nothing new here, Carly, except that it resonates particularly true among our younger generations. No one cares what you know until they know you care, and I add, about them. As respects the purchase funnel specifically, we know that one in four recognize need, one in four households, that's 35 million households. Two thirds move beyond to seriously shop for coverage, gathering information about coverage needs and or product options for individual life insurance. This suggests that we lose about a third of households who recognize need at the information gathering stage. So now we have 25 million households shopping for individual life insurance over a two year period. More than 8 of 10 that gather the information who seriously shop applied for at least one quote for individual life insurance from guaranteed issue through fully underwritten products. At this stage, we also have some leakage in the purchase funnel of consumers moving from shopping to requesting a quote. The impact of the financial professional can have in overcoming objections once a quote is issued is significant. Of the estimated 21 million that applied for quotes over the last two years, 62% purchased individual life insurance translating to 13 million households. 35 million entered the funnel and 13 million made a purchase. From increasing the recognition of the need for life insurance to inserting support touch points along the way, financial professionals are the key to generating higher yields from a consumer population in need. Thanks, Liz. That is really inspiring, I think, for our listeners, or it should be, is that when a financial professional is engaged, we're more likely to have success in helping to close that coverage gap that we know is such a problem today. And I think one reason you cited or that a lot of times people cite is that it's too expensive. There's competing financial priorities, but that's not necessarily the case. And I think it goes back to something that I always think about that price is only important in the absence of value. And so sometimes it can be hard to understand the value that a product like life insurance can offer for holistic planning goals if you don't fully understand it. And so that's where our listeners can work with their clients to help provide some of that education around the need and the options that are on the table is so key. Something else you said too that I think is interesting is that we lose a third of households who recognize the need at the information gathering stage. And so that kind of goes back to this idea about overcoming objections, helping overcome obstacles, and helping to provide clarity and education around the products and, and need for our clients. So let's talk about that for a minute and talk a little bit about how can we help overcome obstacles. So among the millions of households that say they're very likely or fairly likely to buy life insurance in the next 12 months, we know that there are obstacles to overcome before households make a purchase. In that same vein, we've noticed many of our clients are putting off that purchase of life insurance. We've talked about that a bit already today. So I would love to hear your thoughts. Uh, do you have any ideas on how producers can help motivate their clients to act sooner and overcome some of those obstacles now? I do. This, that's a great question, Carly. The first step in overcoming obstacles is to fully understand what is a life insurance policy competing with in terms of share of wallet in many U.S. households. The impact of inflation, just that one issue alone, requires us to fortify our approach to motivate customers. More than ever, there is a need to instill confidence in U.S. consumers' ability to achieve their life goals. Those who know they need life insurance and are putting it off do not feel good about this decision, any more than they feel good about using a credit card to pay household bills or carrying a balance from month to month. To compel more people in underserved markets to buy life insurance, we expect that positive responses from testimonials and tutorials that convey how others like them have overcome similar obstacles 
the obstacles that keep people from getting the life insurance coverage they need would be the most helpful. Perceptions about the cost of life insurance must also be overcome to increase buying volume. Our research shows that more than half of U.S. adults overestimate the cost of life insurance by three times the actual cost. More education and communication around the actual cost of life insurance can address the perception of unaffordability and right-size insurance in the consumer's financial budget. Another way to motivate consumers to prioritize life insurance is to create an advantage or benefit they accrue by owning your product over available alternatives. Real financial incentives for healthier lifestyles and regular medical screenings may also incent the physically healthy, financially constrained consumer to include some or more life insurance in their portfolio. Very well said, Liz. I think you really hit home to something that is near and dear to our hearts here too, and that is this idea around cost of waiting. You've heard me say this before, our listeners have, that insurability is one of our greatest assets and we all become uninsurable at some point. We just don't know when. And so I think that while clients do naturally have these obstacles that they have to overcome and do have to balance different needs for their family, there are a lot of options on the table. And something you said that jumped out is that we can right-size our approach and tailor it to fit a consumer's budget. I'd even take that one step further to say not only can it right size to fit their budget, but it can also fit where they are in the planning process in terms of how we build flexibility and control into some of these designs. And so the good news is that there's a lot lot of options out there for our clients. And I think the biggest takeaway from me today talking with you, Liz, and it's been super insightful, is how impactful it is when you do work with that financial professional, how meaningful that is to the client. And so So as we wrap up our show today for Life Insurance Awareness Month, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to join us. I think this has been super interesting, very insightful conversation. And thank you again, Liz, for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Carly. And we appreciate you joining us for this episode of Hancock Talks. For more resources on today's topic and access to more information about how to grow your insurance business, visit us at jhsaleshub.com. And don't forget to download and subscribe to the show to get new episodes as they become available. Thanks for listening. The source for the stats, one in four recognize the need for life insurance. Six in 10 baby boomers, 12 million households, 13 million households. One in four recognize need, more than eight in 10, estimated 21 million that applied for quotes, one in eight, are from The Purchase Funnel, tracking U.S. households through the life insurance purchase process, 2022, and can be found on Limra.com. The source of stats, 39% of uninsured Hispanic adults, while expanse is a commonly cited reason for not buying, 43% of Asian consumers are from the 2023 More Than U.S. Adults Insurance Barometer Study, 2023, and can be found on Limra.com. This information is for educational purposes only and is not intended to be a recommendation of any particular product or is providing advice. Clients should consult with their own independent professionals regarding his or her own individual circumstances. The opinions and views expressed in this podcast are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of John Hancock. These opinions are subject to change and there is no guarantee that any forecast made will come to pass. Any discussion of features, values, or benefits are not guaranteed and may be subject to change. Policy issuance is not guaranteed as any life insurance purchase is subject to completion of an application, including health questions and underwriting approval. John Hancock may obtain additional information, including medical records, to evaluate the application for insurance and, after the policy is issued, to identify any misrepresentation in the application. Life insurance products are issued by John Hancock Life Insurance Company USA, Boston, Mass. 02116, not licensed in 
New York and John Hancock Life Insurance Company of New York, Valhalla, New York, 10595. This recorded material may have been recorded to support the promotion or marketing of the topics addressed in this recorded material. Individuals interested in the topics discussed should consult with independent professionals to examine legal, tax, accounting, or financial aspects of these topics. MLINY 0921 